CC, let's worship the Lord together. We're going to sing Build My Life. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. Lord, I thank you that we can build our lives on you, God, and as we're starting this new year, Lord, we pray um, that we will look back on all that you've done for us, God, on your faithfulness, 
on your in your presence, God, and recognize you as the God of wonders, Lord. Um, wonders in this earth and wonders in our own lives personally, Lord. And may that just um, give us faith to pray bold prayers. Um, we want to lift your name high, God. We want to come to you with our hearts wide open to receive your word today, Lord. Um, and so, Lord, we just pray that as Pastor John brings the message, God, that our hearts would be open and that we would be ready to put our yes on the table for you and for your namesake. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning to you, uh, Burlington Christian Church, and uh, any of you who are tuning in with us today, we want to thank you for being here. Uh, here at BCC, we are taking the Sunday off. Uh, had a little spread of COVID amongst some people in the congregation, so we felt it best safe than sorry, and so we're strictly uh, remote today. So thank you guys for tuning in. Happy New Year. I hope things are going good for you as the new year has begun. Uh, I know we already have a, a new brand new baby in the congregation, so we're praising God for that. And there's so many things going on in our world that that hopefully we're praying about these things. We still have our wall that we uh, continue to pray for you and for people that you know that are in need of prayer and need of God's touch in their life. And so uh, we're just trusting God to do mighty things, especially in the new year. And uh, we're just excited about that. Uh, we are talking about our God of wonders. And, and again, we ended 2021 and we're moving into 2022 with this awesome thought about the God of wonders that we, we can have a personal relationship with. And uh, I don't know about you, but that is like the coolest thing that there is. That God who created everything with his words wants to have a a, a, a breathing, living relationship with us. And uh, that's cool. So we're focusing on the wonders of God. And um, our goal in all of this is simply to just see his wonder and his greatness, uh, to let that encourage us as we live our lives on this earth, and then let that impact us and then the people around us. When we look at the wonder of God, it should spread through us to the world. People should see the wonder of God in us, like as we see the wonder of God in all of the world. And so that's what we're hoping happens. And we're talking about two kind of parts of the wonder of God. And the first is this, the wonder of God in the world. And we've talked about a number of places that we uh, could go and see the wonder of God. Maybe you've been to some of these locations where you've gone there and it's like, man, look at this. Look what God has made. Or you just go out on a nice, cold, clear night and you just look up and there's no, no clouds in the sky, but all you see are our galaxy, the galaxy around us that surrounds us in awe of the wonder, wonder of God. Today, we, we talked about the greatest wonder of God at least in my estimation, the greatest one of God is the womb. And what God does in the womb, in nine months, he knits together a person. I don't know about you, but we can spend a long, long, long time trying to knit together a person, and it's just not going to happen. But in nine months, in a mother's womb, God puts together the brain and the hands and the fingers and the eyes and the nervous system, and everything is in place in that womb. 
And that little baby in there is a person created in the image of God. And that, that has got to be God's greatest miracle in, in all of the world and creation and beyond, is that God creates a baby in a womb. How cool is that? Well, I want to talk about today the, the wonder of God in the human brain. The wonder of God in the brain. The brain itself, that, that brain that we all have, but don't always use too well, but we all have this, like, this brain. It's like this incredible computer in our, in, our, in our heads. We all carry one around. You know, we all think we got our cell phones and we got our laptops and we got all this technology stuff. Well, long before that was ever thought of, God already put this original, amazing computer in our heads, in our brains. And it is a marvel. It is a wonder. It is complex. It is a complex uh, organ in our heads, in our bodies that controls so much. And there's so many different parts of the brain, you know, if you scientifically or medically get into this, the different lobes uh, and the cortex and the the brain stem and all these things do so much. They're all so active. They're all so complex. But all of them together, working together in a healthy way, allows us to do everything we do and, and to even improve it. Like we can do it better. We can do it faster. We can do it stronger. And, and it's so amazing what the brain is able to do. It's a complex organ that controls, controls our thoughts, our memory, our emotions, our motor skills, our vision, our breathing, our temperature, our hunger, and every process that regulates our bodies. The brain is not a muscle, but it contains blood vessels, nerves, neurons, and cells. These blood vessels supply blood and oxygen to the brain. It needs blood and oxygen. In fact, if blood and oxygen is cut off, typically have issues at that point in the way of a stroke. And um, that's what happens to people when their brains aren't working or their systems aren't working correctly. It affects the brain. And when you affect the brain, you affect the rest <coughs> of the body. In the brain, there's gray matter and white matter. Gray matter is typically the outer region and it's composed of what is called somas. And the inner part is uh, the white matter, which is called axons. Brain weighs uh, approximately three pounds. Think about that. Three pounds. It's like a. It's like a small cantaloupe, even in the way it looks. It's. It looks like a cantaloupe. It's like a small cantaloupe, just kind of pressed down, a little flattened out, like football a little bit. It's. It is. Um. Sixty percent. A brain is sixty percent fat. Sixty percent fat or fatty tissue, and then forty percent water, protein, carbohydrates, and salts. It's just bizarre to even think about that. Your brain is made up of those things. And uh, these, uh, the brain sends and receives like signals. It, it's constantly firing. A healthy brain is firing all at the right time, at the right uh, timing, so that your body is responding, your hands are moving, your eyes are blinking, your, your heart is beating, your lungs are breathing. Like so many things are going on in us at every given second. And then we add to it by doing new things or playing sports or whatever it is. But our brain is constantly firing. It's constantly firing, sending like chemical and electrical signals throughout the entire body. The brain, 
It's this great wonder in a human being that God put there. It's a, it's a marvel. And uh, the signals, they control different parts of our body, right? Uh, it interprets, uh, the brain interprets every process from every system within our body. Our body's made up of many systems. Excuse me. The brain serves as the central control station for the human body, for all, for everything about us. Our entire body, flesh, skeletal, and systems within us. The wonder of the brain. The memory of the brain is equivalent to four terabytes. So in a computer talk, if you're thinking computer uh, language for a minute, you got all these different levels of bytes. It starts with a bit. One little bit is one little bit in a computer, not much at all. But you put a group of bits together and you got bytes. And then you got kilobytes, and then you got megabytes, and gigabytes, and terabytes. This is how we uh, know how much memory our, our phones have. The more memory, the more you can store in your phone or on your computer or uh, something along those lines. Now, check this out. The memory of the human brain is equivalent to four terabytes. That is this number, four terabytes is this number right here, 4398-046-511-104.0. That is four trillion bytes. Our human brain is able to remember and process four trillion bytes of information compared to a computer. That is insane. And just to give you an example of like, how much information that is, that is 21 million photos that your brain can process in, its, in, in itself. Some more, some less, uh, and, uh, and that is an incredible amount of information. Most of the time, here's the kicker, most of the time we are only using 10% of our brain. We're not even using 100% of our brain most of the time. In different parts of our brain we're using at different times, but mo most of the time we're only using like 10%. We have uh, what is called dual, dual uh, brain processing. Dual brain processing. Let me see if I got a slide for that. Uh, no, not yet. Dual brain, uh, brain processing, which allows us to process more than one thing at a, at, a, at a time. We can have 70,000 thoughts running through our brain in a day. 70,000 different thoughts. Yeah, I've never thought about that, but you know, we have thoughts every day. We look at things and we think something. We, we're just daydreaming and we're thinking things. 70,000 of those every day. Impulses sent from the brain, check this out, move at 274 kilometers. That is, so when your brain sends a thought or sends a signal, it is moving at 170 miles per hour. 170 miles per hour. Your thoughts, your, your, thing, your brain is firing and sending signals. That is, that is incredible. And God made this in a womb and, and we all have one now in our head. We don't, we don't plug in ourselves into a, an extension cord or an outlet on a wall. We just, this, this is naturally happening, the, the wonder of God. Everything affects the brain. 
Like new information uh, causes the brain to expand and causes the, the, the brain to move and grow. As you learn more information, your brain is always kind of adjusting itself to the new information. And there are also a number of things that can kill the brain. Here's a healthy brain firing. Here's a, a brain that's addicted uh, to, to a substance. So alcohol and drugs and smoking and stress inactivity, sleeplessness, bad food, junk food, too much water, dehydration, concussions and trauma, and the lack of use or headbanging. If you go to too many like headbanging concerts, you can damage your brain. You can cause brain damage to your head. And here is what, you know, we talk about what a brain looks like on drugs. Here is what a brain looks like on drugs. It looks like eggs cooking in a frying pan. And as you begin to destroy cells, as we, through different ways uh, in, our, in our life that we have bad habits or we do things and we put stuff in our body, it affects our brain and as it kills those cells. Sometimes those cells can grow back, some of those cells will never grow back. Drug use and alcohol abuse and all these different things. A Harvard study showed that digital devices, get this, digital devices can interfere with everything from sleep to creativity. So being in front of a computer too much, being on your phone too much, that kind of constant technology interferes with our brains because our brain in a way is a computer and it, it kind of creates uh, some kind of like miscommunication. Did you also know that creativity, think about this, creativity and boredom seem like two opposite things, right? They share the same space in our brain. Creativity and boredom share the same space within our brains. And so here's the thing, if you're bored, the, the remedy to that is just get creative. Just fill that space with creativity and the boredom will go away. Boredom's natural, it comes to everyone, but we can control that space in our brain by doing something. Just go do something, get creative, do something. A word about the hippocampus, okay? We all have this hippocampus in our brains, in our heads. You got a hippocampus. I never knew I had a hippocampus until now. And here's the thing we gotta be aware of with the hippocampus, check this out. This is, the hippocampus is where new information goes in our brain, this is really fascinating, and then it gets sorted from there to where it needs to go in the rest of our brain. So it's like, it's almost like the mail delivery room, right? All the mail comes in and then there's people in there that sort it to different mailboxes, to different postal uh, uh, numbers and to different uh, carriers. And, and they, there's a sorting system that it all goes to where it needs to go most of the time in our mail system, the U.S. mail. Well, the, the hippocampus is that male room. It, it's, it's taking all the information and then it's sticking it in where it needs to go in the brain to remember it long-term, short-term, or wherever it needs to go. It's kind of a very complex, yet very sophisticated system that God has created in our brain. The wonder of the brain, it's just incredible. Well, here's the danger, multitask. A lot of people think multitasking, oh, man, I'm the best multitasker in the world, right? We all think multitasking is a good thing. And we all have to do it. It's just the way it is, you know, it's life. But here's the thing, multitasking can cause new information that goes into the hippocampus 
to be sorted into the wrong folders. So you're multitasking, your brain receives information, and instead of putting it in the right folder where it needs to go for later use, it gets stuck in the wrong folder because your brain is trying to do too much at once. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? That's a life lesson right there, actually. The hippocampus and multitasking and being careful. We're not trying to take in so much information that we are so distracted because what this does is it breeds uh, frustration later on and confusion and, uh, and stress in our lives and it creates problems. Did you know that good sleep, good sleep restores the brain? It flushes toxins that build up throughout the day in our minds. Uh, sleeping, a good night's rest helps those toxins to be flushed away. Sleep acts as a reset and a sorting process to your brain. While you sleep, your brain is sorting this mail. The hippocampus is like putting the files where they need to go while you're sleeping, while the rest of your body shuts down. That's pretty impressive, you know? Like, we don't just turn off the brain. Like, we don't just, like, pull the plug in our brain and we all go to, everything in us goes, it's not how our brains work. Our brains continue to process. And everything else gets quiet. And the brain, the marvel of the brain is that it's working. And the hippocampus is sorting all the mail where it needs to go. This is just incredible to me. Um, the brain is a fascinating work of God. And a healthy brain continues to build, uh, build neutral uh, uh, connections while pruning away less used ones. So the brain is constantly deciding, do I need this? Does, do we need this? No, it, it's got to go or it goes into a different folder. Is this information that's important? Yes, it needs to go into this part of my brain. That, that is incredible that this is going on in all of us right now. Even while we're taking in this information today, our brain is sorting. Okay, this is important. This is not important. Wow, that's interesting. Well, I'm going to put that here. That's something I can think about later or use later. How incredible. Now, if you're multitasking, you're eating breakfast, you're cooking, you're doing other things. Well, we're, well, we're digging into um, this topic today. You, you're not going to retain what we're talking about. Your, your brain is trying to do too much. So we should focus. We, we need to settle our brain and get serious. Like we're reading a book, focus on the book. We're listening to a sermon, focus on the sermon. Let, let our brains absorb everything that we possibly can from that word because it's important, because it's an important word. So it's always growing with new information. It's always, it's either growing or it's dying. It's either taking in new information and getting stronger or it's uh, from lack of use, it is dying and being neglected. The brain, the brain is a great wonder. It's a great wonder. It is like a galaxy of its own firing and shooting off messages and informations and signals and chemicals and all throughout the whole entire body. We are like a we are like a galaxy, a universe of our own. The wonder of God in the world. The wonder of God in the world is incredible. Especially when we think about the human brain. Secondly, I want to talk about the wonder of God in the Word, in the Word of God, in the Word of God. And I want to look at a passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul is writing to the Corinthians. It's a church in Corinth, and he is sharing with them some information. This is early in the book. He also writes 2 Corinthians, so he writes another letter later on that we have in our Bible. 
But he writes this information and, um, and yes, it's going to be about the brain. So that's what we're talking about today, the brain. And, uh, and, and, and even more than that. So here's what Paul says. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows the person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom of the world, but in words taught key word here today is taught by the Spirit of God, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but consider them foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. That would be living in us through Jesus. The person without the, or the person with the spirit makes judgments about all things. But, a, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? And then Paul says, "But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Just, just let that sink in for just a second. Paul says that there are people on the planet, not everyone, we're going to dig into this, but there are people on the planet who have the mind of Jesus, the mind of Jesus. And so the, the big question right now is this, do we? Do we have the mind of Christ. Ask yourself, do I have the mind of Christ? See, the brain, the brain is that place that stores knowledge, it stores information, it controls our bodies and every system within us, our thoughts, our actions, our behaviors, our feelings, our emotions. Basic knowledge that comes to us as we live on the earth, comes or gives us the information that we need to live and make decisions on the earth, in community, every day, at work, at home, at play. But biblical knowledge, there's a big difference. Biblical knowledge gives us the ability to know the mind of God. You're not, there's, there's other ways that we can know what God is like through the creation and, and through how God works and, and by just looking around us. But there is no greater source of information about who God is other than the word of God. The word of God, his written, revealed word to us gives us the mind of God so that we can live our lives for him. Our minds are designed to control our bodies, right? The brain is put there to control our behaviors and our actions and our thoughts and, and all of us. 
but our minds, here's the kicker, our minds must be controlled by God. And not everyone's mind is controlled by God. It is a voluntary decision. It's a voluntary decision to let your mind be controlled by God. And God has made it possible for us as human beings to have our minds, the brain system of our whole body, to be controlled by him. This is pretty incredible, actually. When you think about the wonder of God in the world and you think about our brain, God wants to take control of your brain. Here's the thing. Living for God does not happen naturally. Living for God does not happen by accident. You don't just walk around the world thinking about how to live your life for God unless you intentionally, purposefully make a decision to do so. It will never happen accidentally. In fact, quite the opposite is true of us as humans. That our natural decision, our natural desire is to do things our way. Not God's way. Our natural desire. We should have been. We were created to worship God, but we have fallen away from that, and our minds have become darkened and corrupt. We're going to dig into that in a second. But we don't naturally want to honor God. It is a decision of our will to say, "I am going to honor God." We have become infected. We have become infected by sin, and our hard drive of our mind, our bodies, the brain within us has become corrupt. It has become darkened in our understanding. We have become darkened in our understanding of who God is and what God desires for our life. So let me share a few scriptures with you that kind of help us to realize where we are in our minds without God. Okay, this is the mind of the world, the mind of the human being without God. So this is us before Jesus, okay? So think about it like that. Genesis 6, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. This is God back in the days of Noah saying, I have created you, I have made you, and your heart your heart and your thoughts and your mind is only evil. We don't really need to go much further than that passage, but there are more. Jeremiah 17 says, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Now, these passages don't mean that we are all evil. Uh, you know, everything that we do is evil. But they are trying to tell us that at the very core of our being, as human beings on the planet, we do good things, that's true. We say nice things, that's true. But at the core of who we are, sin. Sin has crept into all of our lives, and we have all been infected by sin. And so our heart is divided. Yeah, it wants to do good, but it also wants to do evil. It wants to like reward, and it wants to punish, right? Somebody does something to us, our, 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 sometimes our natural reaction is like violence. Mine is, I know that. I know how I feel when something happens and I'm like, you know, we know that feeling because, because deep within us, 
our, our hard drive of our brain and our heart, we have become corrupt. We are not like, we are not like perfect people who only think about the thoughts of God. We're, we're divided. Our heart is divided. In Romans chapter 1, Paul says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wicked, the wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Paul says, when you look at the human race, we, are, we have wandered away from God. We have gone our own direction. We are wicked people. We should know the truth, but we don't. We, we ignore it. We'd rather do it our way. And then in Isaiah 53 and 1 Peter 2, the passages, those two passages of Scripture, Peter quoting Isaiah, or referring back to Isaiah, says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us have turned to our own way. We are lost. We have wandered away from God. Our created heart and mind has a computer virus of sorts. It's a computer virus and it is spiritually terminal. It is brought about spiritual death because our minds are in rebellion toward God in its natural setting on this earth. Norton antivirus cannot touch the sickness. Firewalls will never erase the infection. Here's the thing. It's a virus of sin. The infection has gone to the core of who we are. David said this. Listen to what David said. King David, back in the Old Testament, he said, Surely I have been a sinner from birth. David, David, King David, man after God's own heart later on in life. But David, in his sin with Bathsheba and all that he went through and his rebellion toward God, David came to the realization that at the very core, he's not talking about original sin, that he was born a sinner, because babies cannot sin. Sin is a decision that a person makes to say no to God. So you have to, you have, to have an understanding, and an infant doesn't. So he's not talking about original sin. He's talking about the very core of who he is, of who we are. Sinners from birth, from the very core of who we are. Paul, Paul claimed about himself to be the top dog, the chief of all sinners, Paul said. I am the chief of all sinners. We have a virus in our system of sin that has separated us from God. We are sinners from God. And the only reversal or the only hope for you or for me, we talked about this last week, is to become a new creation, to be born again in Jesus, to be made new in him. This is our only hope, is to come back to God. We surrender to God. He cleans us up by his grace, his free grace of God that he poured out for us. And through his word, you and I can be transformed. We can be transformed. That through the word of God, we can become a new creation in Jesus. We're going we're gonna to cut it off right there, and we're going to come back next week and, and continue right where we left off. Romans chapter 12, Paul talks about how we present our bodies to God, and that in the process of surrendering to God, giving our life to God, 
That Holy Spirit that comes into our life makes all the difference in us. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We're talking about the mind of Christ. God bless you. Have a good one.